Welcome to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we talk about strategies, advice, and success stories for returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the chair and co founder of iRelaunch, and your host for today. Today, we welcome Matthew Temple, Director of Alumni Career and Professional Development for the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University, where he manages a team of eight people who deliver career and executive coaching to 50,000 alumni globally. Matthew has also been in the leadership of an alumni career services organization for the top 30 business schools called the MBA CSWP, which stands for MBA Career Services for Working Professionals. Today, we're going to speak with Matthew about the benefits of alumni career services. Matthew has been working in alumni career services for over 15 years and is in a great position to give us the full perspective on this topic. Hi, Matthew. Welcome to 321i Relaunch. Hi, Carol. I'm delighted to be with you today. Great. And we're thrilled to have you. And I'm also realizing that I want to say that Matthew is on the advisory board for iRelaunch and has been uh, since inception and has just been an incredible resource for us. So I also want to thank you for that. Thank you, Carol. Uh, So let's just dive in, Matthew. And can you please start first by telling our audience about Alumni Career Services, because uh, many relaunchers don't think about consulting their alma mater um, in their job search or for their relaunch. So maybe can you just explain what Alumni Career Services is? Absolutely. A, A lot of different institutions will offer Alumni Career Services for their alumni but these can vary quite a bit from one institution to another. So if you think of undergraduate universities, um, they typically don't offer as robust a package of services to alumni as maybe business schools, because so many people go to business schools, it's all about careers or changing careers. Business schools tend to offer more robust services for their different alumni when people are looking. And essentially it's helping alumni with their career development. And so it could be helping them as they may be thinking about getting a new job. It could be even how do they navigate their career within their company, or in some cases, how might they even relaunch if they've been out of the workforce? Um, And Matthew, when you're having conversations or your team is having conversations with alumni who are in this kind of career transition and specifically relaunching, can you give an example of the kinds of resources that might be available? I know that Kellogg is on the far end of offering the most robust services to their alumni, but maybe um, commenting uh, sort of in general on the type of resources and services that you might see uh, in an alumni career services organization that would help a relauncher. Sure. Well, if, if well, I'll take Kellogg as an example. And what I can do is I can give you an overview of the different types of career services that we give to alumni. And probably the easiest way to go through this is from a one-to-one perspective to a one-to-many perspective. So one of the services that we offer alumni is free career coaching. Alumni at Kellogg can have up to five hours a year of one-on-one career coaching. So in a typical year, we might have anywhere from 3,000 to 5,000 one-on-one coaching sessions a year. And so for Kellogg, it's up to five hours a year. And coaching can wow. focus, and, and, and that's very robust. I haven't seen any other business school that 
typically offers that many coaching appointments per year. And and coaching can focus on a range of topics, depending on what people are interested in. So with some alumni, it might even start with self-assessment. They may not be sure what they want to do next. And that would be a, a particular area for relaunchers, because sometimes their values may have changed. Um, they may be more interested in joining a mission-driven organization. So we'll often have people, particularly relaunchers, take a self-assessment at the beginning to just better understand their um, interests as well as their motivators. And our coaches will often then go through that assessment with them. Um, for some mm-hmm. for some people, they really are looking for help on their resume or LinkedIn. So they're looking for feedback on how to tighten their LinkedIn profile. Or maybe for some of them, they've never written a LinkedIn profile. And they can work with one of our coaches to create a LinkedIn profile. It could be things mm-hmm. like creating a company target list. Maybe I'm starting a search in New York or in Boston, and I want to put together and create a company target list. Um, it could be interview prep, including mock interviews. And sometimes those will vary from one industry to the next. Uh, in consulting, it may be helping them with a consulting case mock interview. Uh, or just helping them, you know, again, helping them think through what are their strengths? What are sort of their three greatest skills that they want to get across to an interview? Um, Networking can be very big, whether it's leveraging the Kellogg network or any of the other networks that they could be a member of. Conducting company research, negotiating. Um, For some people, particularly those re-entering the workforce, it could be finding part-time or project work um, or even retiring. And so that tends to be the, the focus of what we'll do with alumni in terms of coaching. But we'll also have a lot of other services that that we give to alumni that um, can help them as well. So we offer alumni free job search groups. Um, Those typically will take place in Chicago or Evanston, New York, San Francisco, or virtual. And while they may cover a lot of the same topics that alumni might get in a one-to-one coaching appointment, the real strength of that is really building community, really engaging with one another. Um, Sometimes when we're working with alumni, that are in a job search or re-entering the workforce, it's really important for them to get out of the house, get in front of people, network. And that may not always be the most comfortable thing. So often in our job search groups, we may have anywhere from eight to 10 people to up to 25 people, but it gives them a class. It gives them the opportunity really to get support from the group, to have accountability, but also trading of job leads and trading of networking leads as well. Um, Mm-hmm. In addition, you know, scaling up in size, we also offer workshops. So we'll typically do 20 to 25 workshops a year for alumni. It could be um, moderating executive recruiter panels, entrepreneur panels, how to maximize your LinkedIn profile, onboarding, Myers-Briggs workshops. And we'll do those in the U.S., but we'll even do them globally in London or Paris or Hong Kong. Um, and then we also offer webinars. So typically about 10 to 12 webinars a year. We'll sometimes bring in faculty to present. So we've had webinars ranging on the eight P's of personal branding or how do you lead with strategic thinking or how do you recruit rock stars to your company? And then finally, we'll offer a range of online services for our alumni. So it could be self-assessments like career leader. It could be resume templates. We, we offer access to Hoovers to do company research, put together company target lists, we have lists of companies, um, interview streams, so they can practice for job interviews. And we also offer a job board with over 4,000 jobs a year for our alumni. So that would be the range of, of resources that would be available to alumni. 
Right. And uh, so I'm really glad you talked about the whole range. I, you know, as we acknowledged, Kellogg is at the far end of the scale in terms of the breadth uh, and depth of offerings to Kellogg alumni. But uh, some of the other offerings outside of coaching, I would say, uh, some, you know, online uh, webinars, online learning, uh, certain uh, job boards, uh, the ability to um, organize uh, alumni in groups in their geographic area so they can meet in person, um, and some of the access to some of these uh, assessment tools, I think are features that people can get in touch with their alma mater about and ask if they offer. Uh, This point you make about the group setting, uh, whether that's uh, generated and uh, enabled through your alma mater and alumni association or otherwise, going through the relaunch process with a group of people is important for so many reasons, as you're pointing out, the, the simple getting out, simply getting out of the house is so critical, but also just the accountability that you know that you're going to, if you're going to be meeting on a regular basis, that you can set goals for yourself and you've stated them out loud in front of the group. And then you are in the hot seat to, you know, the following time that you meet to talk about what goals you met and what you didn't meet. And, and it's really empowering in terms of not letting, you know, three weeks go by with nothing happening as if, if you're trying to do it on your own. I agree. And I think, you know, to your point, it's it's so much more powerful to be in a group with your peers and your peers saying, you know, I put together my company target list. Why didn't you put yours together? So as a coach, you can almost kind of sit back a little bit, but but that's helpful. But at the same time, there's a lot of support there. You know, re-entering the workforce or going through the a job search isn't always the most fun thing in the world. And I think right. it's very empowering to be going through that as a group with peers that you respect. And, and a lot of times, again, with that support, someone may find, you know, another alum in that same group and they may become job search buddies or re-entry buddies. And, and they're really, you know, helping and spurring each other on to, to, to tackle a big issue. And, and I think that's very powerful. Right. And can you give us some example? You mentioned career leader. Um, do you have some particular favorites in terms of assessment tools? Uh, just to throw out a few that you think are useful. Sure, absolutely. So career leader is, is one of the best. And we use that at Kellogg and so do many other business schools and undergraduate universities as well. One of the real strengths of career leader is the jobs that come up tend to be very business-driven jobs, which is both a strength and a weakness, depending on what someone is targeting. But I think one of the most universal things about it, whether someone was targeting a business job or not, though, is looking at some of those core pieces. So Career Leader looks at your interests, it looks at your motivators, it looks at your skills, and regresses them together to come up with career paths. But those interests are very universal. So for instance, do you like creative production? I like to create new products and new services. Or do you enjoy managing people in relationships? Or do you enjoy quantitative analysis? And I think it's very helpful for people to have an understanding of what are the activities you like that you might do, even if someone wasn't paying you. And and in Mm -hmm. the motivators section, it's really important to understand that. So career leader uses conjoint analysis to force people to make trade-offs. How important is something like affiliation to you, working with, with bright people, 
versus autonomy. I want to, you know, have a lot of flexibility and be on my own. And how important mm-hmm. is something like financial gain versus lifestyle? And, and particularly, you know, when you're thinking about people reentering the workforce, their motivators may have changed quite a bit. Lifestyle might be more important than it was 10 years ago. Or affiliation might be really important because maybe they didn't quite have that when they weren't in the workforce. And so I really want people to get a good understanding of what's important to them so they find the right job and the right career. And so I think Career Leader does a, does a great job on that. I think another really good assessment is Myers-Briggs or MBTI. And Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. will really look at different facets of our personality and essentially what are our preferences? Um, are we, do we have a preference for introversion or extroversion? And not so much in terms of a social sense, but where do we get our energy? That, that preference for introversion or extroversion, e- either one of them could present equally well. But it's really how do those people recharge afterwards? For the extrovert, they're going to say, let's go out. You know, the presentation was great, but let's all go out. <laughs> right. And for the person who has a preference for introversion, they'll say, this was great. And I really want to go back to my hotel room now and recharge. And again, you, you want people to have a good understanding of what are their big drivers? What are their preferences? Does someone have a preference for thinking versus feeling? Are they more judging or more perceiving? Um, are they more um, sensing? Are they more intuitive where they look at the big picture? So I think Myers-Briggs does a very good job of helping people understand that and also does a very good job of helping you work with people who might be different. And so I think that's a great self-assessment tool. And there's other ones out there as well. Um, one of them that we'll look at a lot of times in executive coaching is a Hogan assessment. Um, but you're typically going to use that for people that are already in the workforce, not for those that are returning. Got it. Well, that was a really great uh, synopsis of MBTI or Myers-Briggs and also career leader. Uh, so uh, for our listeners, those are just two assessments that you might want to think about when getting in touch with your alma mater to find out if uh, you can get access to them for free or at discounted rates. Uh, so thanks for walking us through that. Uh, do you find that some alumni hesitate to utilize career services? Are they just not aware of it or are they aware of it and somehow feel like they're not ready yet or if they're relaunchers, they shouldn't be asking? What's the mindset of the alumni who are in different types of job searches as far as accessing career services? Sure. I think there's probably a couple of issues going on. So I think one issue is awareness. I think people just aren't aware of it and what's available. We'll find with a lot of our own alumni, it's very much just in time. They're thinking about starting a job search and then they'll suddenly start to see what resources are out there and they may stumble upon us. We typically will reach out to alumni many times a year. Whenever we're doing a webinar, for instance, we'll send out an email to all 50,000 alumni. Like Our webinars are free and we'll have links on there for our job board and some of our resources. But, you know, people are inundated with email and don't always have time to open up the email and to actually read the email. So, so I do think awareness is one issue. And I would encourage all people who are reentering is make that first call. You know, call your alumni association and tell them I'm reentering the workforce and I wanted to see what services are, are available? Are there career services or career resources available? And even, look, many schools don't offer the one-on-one coaching, um, whether it's free or paid, 
but they still mm-hmm. might offer a you know as you said you they may offer discounted um, fees to take assessments like career leader or MBTI or they may have some videos up like at Kellogg we've got over probably 80 or 90 hours of videos that are free for alumni to watch on a range of topics um, or they, they may offer access to tools like Hoover's where they can do research so you know, one of the things I would say is you don't get if you don't ask. So pick up that phone and just find out what's available. And, and even if the school, for instance, doesn't offer career services, tap into that alumni network. It's so important to get out of the house. And so they may just have an alumni gathering. It may not even be career focused, but that can be your first step of, of getting back into the workforce and just connecting with people. So just even look for any sort of alumni functions or gatherings, or maybe there's someone speaking, but you're going to meet people there and go to that. I think with some people, there is a, a fear of reaching out, you know, going, reentering the workforce can be difficult. And I, I know for a lot of people, and Carol, you and I have talked about it, confidence is a big issue. And so, you know, picking up that phone or, or getting out there can be tough. And so there can be a barrier and you just have to take that jump. And, you know, one of the things I'd say as well is then Find a wingman or a wingwoman, you know, go to someone else to go to that event with you to make it. So at least when you're going into that room, you do know one. Right. I actually just uh, blogged about this for Fairy God Boss about how it's so much easier for other people to brag on your behalf than for you to brag about yourself. And it's that whole wingman concept. And I, I absolutely love it. Uh, so hold 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 on one second. We're gonna we're gonna continue in a minute, but I want to tell our listeners that you're listening to three two one. I relaunch the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories for returning to work after a career break. This is Carol Fishman Cohen, your host, and my guest today is Matthew Temple, who's director of alumni career and professional development for the Kellogg School of Management. So Matthew, I want to talk more about um, this an alumni topic, which is reunions. And I wanted to get your opinion um, about reunions and relaunching because relaunchers will sometimes be hesitant to attend the reunion because they're going to run into other people at the reunion and everyone's going to ask them what they're doing. And if they've been out of the workforce for a long time, they feel sort of embarrassed about saying, you know, I've been on career break for the last eight years. So can you give any recommendations? First of all, do you think people should wait and not attend their reunion until they've figured out their way back to work? Or um, so uh, interested in your response to that. And also, if you think people should go when they're still on career break, how should they handle those conversations with people who are working when they have to talk about them themselves being on career break. Sure. I, I encourage everyone to go back to their reunion, no matter where they are, whether they're employed or unemployed, whether they're in the workforce or they're out of the workforce, whether they're thinking of reentering or not. It's um, Look, these are people that know you well and you want to connect with them. The other thing as well is when you think about reentering or you think about a job search, um, it's almost like a selling cycle. There's going to be a number of connection points before something is going to come to fruition, and you need to start early. So I just encourage you to attend. And, and the other thing as well is, let's say you you didn't really want to, maybe you weren't reentering the workforce and, and you're planning to stay out for a couple of years. Just even going to a reunion, though, is a great way to maintain those relationships. You may not necessarily try to leverage them for a couple more years, but you want to you know, you want to maintain those relationships, but also 
if I think about reunions at Kellogg and at other universities, you'll learn a lot by going. When we have a reunion at Kellogg, we have a number of different um, professors present. We probably have over 20 faculty presentations at every reunion. So it's a great way to learn. I mean, you may learn about um, blockchain or you may learn about reputation management or leadership or about nonprofit. And so it's a great way to stay involved and to keep learning, even if you're not reentering. And remember as well, and, and, and Carol, I've learned this from you, from the expert, you know, so many of the people that you went to school with, their image of you is frozen in time. So when you're back at that reunion, they don't see you as someone who's driving a carpool, taking three kids to school. They see you as someone who was really smart mm-hmm. in the finance class and knew a lot about accounting and was a leader within the school. Those qualities haven't left you. They're all there, even though you may not feel them. And so just to kind of go back in, you know, you're going to have a number of people that want to know where you are, that are curious and would want to help you. And so even if you don't have your story down and you don't know who you are, you want to go back in. One of, one of the things that we do at Kellogg at our reunion the last couple of years is we've actually had one of our alumni, Esther Choi, will do a, a leadership storytelling workshop. And, and one of the things that we actually advertise to people coming back is maybe you don't know what to say at reunion. And we, we actually kick off the reunion with this to help people craft their story and how they may want to even talk about reentering. So we've, we've actually thought about that. Mm, yeah. You know, I'm so glad you brought up frozen in time. And I have to say that I thought about frozen in time. The whole idea came to me when I was at my 15 year business school reunion, I, I showed up, I think I was in year 10 of my 11 year career break. And I ran into a classmate who had become a headhunter. And, you know, we had kind of the typical conversation. And I told her that I had been on career break for the last 10 years, but I was getting serious about uh, thinking about returning. I had no idea how I was going to do it. This was in 2000. Uh, And so, you know, no one was talking about the whole relaunching concept at at that time. Uh, So, you know, we went our separate ways. And nine months later, I heard from her. And she said, you know, something crossed my desk. And it was a regional CFO position for um, an investment firm. And she writes to me, I think it's the perfect match with your skill set. And that's when I had a laugh. And I'm thinking, what skill set is she thinking about? The one where we were, you know, she remembers from when we were sitting together as first years in 1983. I literally think that's what she was remembering. So this whole, that's when Frozen in Time sort of came into being was when we had that exchange. And that happened because I went to my reunion. So I totally agree. And um, I'm glad that you recommend that relaunchers go to their reunions. I think it's super important. Um, Matthew, I'm wondering, because you've had so many years of working with alumni who are in so many different types of job situations, do you see a any, do you distinguish in any way the alumni who have been on a career break voluntarily for child care or elder care or pursuing a personal interest and the issues that they're facing going back in versus the person who is on, let's say, involuntary career break because maybe they were laid off or, uh, you know, like in my case, my career break started because my company collapsed while I was on maternity leave. So 
Do you think, uh, do you see any differences between those two pools of job searchers? And um, do you advise them any differently? Sure, that's a, that's a great question. I, I do think there are a lot of similarities, but there are definitely some differences. I think one of the differences that comes up is confidence can be a very big issue for people returning to the workforce. Um, they, you know, you know, as we said, they sort of see themselves as maybe driving carpool and mm-hmm. not working in an office and being a professional. And so I think confidence is a big one and maybe making sure that their technical skills are, are up to date, that they understand technology, that they're reading the wall street journal again, that they're, um, in the flow of information. And, and, you know, that's going to be a more special issue as well for people returning to the workforce. Um, I think a couple of other things come up you know, as I referenced earlier, their values may have changed. You know, what they want out of work may be very different today. So making sure that they have a good understanding of what matters to them, because, you know, they might say, I I want to be working, you know, three miles from home so I can get back quickly. Um, right. Versus, you know, I'm willing to spend two hours a day commuting back and forth. And there's no right or wrong, but it it, it needs to work for them. And if having a short commute is at the top of their list, then that's where it should be. Um, I think one of the um, other things as well that that you know may come up for some relaunchers is just even thinking through how do they talk about that gap in their resume? How do they talk about their time away? And that's where one of our coaches can work with them to help them talk about it in a very positive way. You know, you really want to be positive and say. I I exited the workforce because I wanted to raise a family and I've loved it. And my three kids are grown up now. They're in high school. They don't want to even see me. And I'm looking <laughs> to come back into the workforce because I'm, you know, hungry for the intellectual challenge. And, you know, we're all set in terms of, you know, they don't need me on a regular basis. You know, I can work a full day and I'm really excited about this company and this role because blah, blah, blah. And And that's, you know, really important. So we'll help our alumni craft their story and integrate in the passion about why they want to go back to work and, and also just talk about in very positive terms their, their time away. I think a lot of people re-entering, they've often done very valuable things while they're outside of the workforce. I think their ability mm-hmm. to multitask is so much better than people who have been in the workforce. And many of them have been in volunteer roles where they're overseeing a lot of people and a lot of resources. And there's a lot of results that they want to convey to people and and they don't know how to do it. And we'll we'll help them convey that in language and terms that are going to resonate with an employer. Right. And you're bringing up so many super important points. And I'm glad you're making the the, the distinction about some some of these specific factors that are unique to relaunchers. Uh, You know, when you mentioned the, the reading the Wall Street Journal again, I have to tell you that, you know, after my 11 year career break, I remember I felt completely disconnected um, from the business world because I had let my Wall Street Journal subscription go. And so one of the first things I did was resubscribe. And, you know, I was basically out of the workforce for all of the 1990s. And there was a lot of consolidation in the financial services world and companies had gone under and companies had combined and there were new names of companies. And I was afraid I was going to go into an interview and talk about some company that didn't exist anymore. And and that that was going to be really embarrassing. So 
I remember the first thing I did was resubscribe to the Wall Street Journal and read it cover to cover for a good six months before I felt like I had a handle on what was going on in the business world again. Absolutely. And one of the one of the really exciting things today with more education going online is you can take a MOOC, you can take a, a Coursera course and maybe, yeah. you know, relearn some of the finance and accounting. And it's all there. You just haven't looked at it in seven years. And so yeah. you can take a course like that. Um, HBX offers courses and, and, and come up to speed. And that's going to help tremendously in terms of your confidence. If you're, let's say, a premium member of LinkedIn, you already have free access to lynda.com. And there's courses on there that you can take. So I think there's so many more tremendous resources out there for people who are relaunching today. Yeah, excellent point. And I, I believe now that LinkedIn's acquired lynda.com, they now call it LinkedIn Learning. And you're right, that premium um, subscription gives you unlimited access to those courses, which is, uh, which is really huge, huge benefit. Uh, so, so many um, topics and, and tips here, Matthew. Thank you so much. We're running out of time now. Um, and I want to know if I, I want to ask you our final question, the question that we ask all of our podcast guests, which is what is a top piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about during our conversation today? Great question. So it's tough to narrow it down to one, and and I'll do this to not be too chatty, I guess. I, I think the big thing I would say is when you're relaunching, just start reconnecting. Start reconnecting with people that you used to work with. Start reconnecting with people you went to school with. Start reconnecting with people in your community who know you. Start close in. These are people who know you well. You have credibility with them. It's okay if you don't know what it is you want to do. They'll help you because you already have that credibility. So I think the biggest thing that I would say is just start reconnecting with people. Excellent advice. Well, thank you, Matthew, for joining us today. Thank you so much, Carol. I really enjoyed it. Well, I hope people realize after listening to this conversation how important it is that you all connect with your alma mater to find out what alumni career services benefits might be available. You've been listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories for returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, chair and co-founder of iRelaunch and your host today. For more information about iRelaunch, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.